You're listening to The Real Wealth Show with Kathy Fetke, the real estate investor's resource. Our guest today was a mortgage broker in the 90s and 2000s. And over the past decade, she's been a real estate broker helping people acquire real estate. She's made some ups and downs in her real estate investing over the years, but she's here to tell us how she has since acquired 15 units and they are successfully rented out and appreciating every single day. Joanne Mendoza also just came out with a book called The Power of Real Estate Investing for Women, which again, just came out this January. So Joanne, welcome back to The Real Wealth Show. Thank you so much for having me on. Now, you grew up with seven, is that right? Six other sisters? Yes. <laughs> I think that qualifies you to write a book about investing for women. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I, I guess I just sort of, upon, you know, reading uh, hundreds of, of books, I was like, wait a minute, a lot of these are written by non-females. And so it just, I was like, ah, what would it look like if, if I wrote one, you know, but obviously there were lots of books by, by female uh, authors as well. It's just, I think they're not as readily available as, um, as those other ones, you know? So I don't know. I, I, I just kind of, uh, uh, asked the question and, and I took action. And so here we go. You know? Well, congratulations. It takes a lot to write a book. That's for sure. For My sure. second book is uh, five years in the making. So hopefully I'll get around to finishing that. Oh, yes. I remember your, your first book. I still have it here. So oh, yeah, wonderful. got it from one of your, uh, the events that I attended. So. Oh, great. <laughs> I was so yeah. glad. Can't wait to read your second one. Well, I think our listeners would love to know yeah. how, uh, how you got started in real estate and how, what it's done for you. Yeah, so um, as a lender, I think that's really where, where my journey came from. And I think you and I have spoken about the lending industry at some point, because I do mention you in, in my book. And uh, oh, wonderful. And in the back when we first interviewed where the uh, lending crisis happened. And, uh, but in 1990, was really my first experience. I was, um, what do you call that, where you aren't hired permanent. It, it was a temp, temp agency. And uh, Sears had a mortgage company and in Walnut Creek. And so amongst all the other jobs that I was doing, this was one area that they called me to. And I said, okay. And from then on, I, I think I just kind of, it like spoke to me the industry itself, how I was serving people and um, the things that I could contribute and that I could escalate my positions within the, the company. And um, so it sort of went from there from 1990. And then I got into, uh, you know, there's, you're always asking the question, well, what else is there? So from that, you know, it, it took on other um positions in other companies, but the one I remember most was in 95, where I joined uh, Pacific Thrift and Loan in Walnut Creek. Back then, they were subprime, and so I didn't know what all these terminologies meant at the time, but um, anyway, 
fast forward years later, you know, I, I was always in the subprime when the market was hit um, or it was going crazy. We were getting bought out also by bigger fish, right? The bigger fish eat the little fish. And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I just kind of, um, uh, you know, was promoted positions to positions. And uh, I, there was a VP within the company that just liked my work ethics and, and just, you know, kept making sure that I was taken care of. And she goes, well, do you have any other siblings that you think could join? And, and sure enough, I, I hired uh, three of the six <laughs> siblings. And uh, one of them uh, <laughs> uh, was kind of uh, wanted a new venture, but the other two are still in it today. So one's a senior funder and the other one works is an account manager for um, commercial real estate. So, you know, they've done well over the years, but really during, while I was working in the back office, I, you know, you don't really ever expose yourself or question how all these people are getting these loans and, and uh, where they're finding these properties. And so then once I connected real estate agents to, you know, to buyer, to lender, and just put all the pieces together. I was like, wow, I think this is something I could do. And so um, in 2005, I decided to get my real estate license after having been in the lending industry for you know almost uh, over a decade now. And um, so I, I passed and I didn't really know what to do with it. So I hung it with a, a small brokerage firm and I was just helping out family members because I was still working, you know, for mm-hmm. the uh, for the lender. And uh, by then we got bought out by Fremont Investment and Loan, uh, different from Fremont Bank. So, you know, um, but really the the venture of okay. So let me just get there. So then I was I was like, okay, well then maybe I could buy my own place. You know, so then you start, you start asking these questions, and then you go buy your own place. Yeah. When did you? you know, wait, sorry. When, when did you buy your first property? I think I bought it in nineteen ninety eight or ninety nine. And how did yeah. you? How did you do that? Um, it, uh, and did I you didn't save money for a down payment, or I did. I I I went with Wells Fargo. Somehow. I connected with someone who said, you know, I'm buying my own place. You know, you should, you should look. And so I was like, what? I just, I just got a car. You know, I got a car on my own without having my parents co-sign for me. And that was a big deal. deal. (laughs) (laughs) So then I was, I was like, okay, I guess I could try it. Doesn't hurt. You know, I've been, um, I have a secure job and, and I, I, let's see what happens. So I did. And I think I got the place for 105. It was a place in Concord, California. Wow. And I put very little down, you know, FHA, and I got it. I was like, wow, this is on my own without a co-signer. So, it's a big <laughs> deal. It, yeah. it was. And then you find out, well, gosh, this isn't any really that different than paying rent, <laughs> right? Except you're paying it to yourself. <laughs> That's right. And then your property appreciates. So sure mm-hmm. enough, it, it did appreciate, you know, and so as we're in the, we're in the uh, 2000s, 
uh, remember that whole panic when when we thought the whole system was going to crash because we oh yeah yeah I, I had food storage I think I asked Rich to go get a gun <laughs> it was like oh my gosh it's all coming to an end yeah oh, yeah so obviously we went to January first two thousand we're like okay we're good nothing's happening so the market continues to rise real estate is is just you know moving full steam ahead and and then i and then i said well maybe it's possible that i could buy my siblings property so i went off on a shopping spree i got my two younger sisters a property i put it in my name we got a home in reno nevada second second home and then i bought um probably a couple more that i you know because i didn't understand the investing portion where your tenants can actually pay this mortgage for you. That part was not, uh, was not there yet. I think I was really just thinking about appreciation. And appreciation. As long as my, yeah. It's a California, sister, it's a California idea. And plus you having yeah. been a mortgage broker, you understood the power of leverage that, yeah. you, you know, the bank could, could basically is willing to lend on real estate with very little down. They don't do that for other businesses. You have to have a lot more skin in the game, but in, in real estate, not so much. And when you work in the industry, it's like, wow, I'm giving everybody else these loans. Maybe I should take some, right? That's right. Yeah. You know, and it was, it was just like, it was so easy to be honest with you. Yeah. It was almost too easy that it was scary. You right. Know, that I know I, the feeling. Yes. Yeah. Like, wow. And I did not, especially in the early two thousands, right. It was, there was hardly anything to it. Just fill out some applications and then you got yourself a loan. Yeah. Yes. And, 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 and that was exactly it. And I said, now, as long, make sure you guys pay the mortgage, you know, cause I, I, I have my own place and I have the second home, you know, mom, mom's going to help me out there, but, uh, but we're good. So, and then you not only have a first mortgage, you also have a second mortgage. So you get mm. that 80, 20, <laughs> right. 80, 20 mortgage, you know, and it was, I don't know, it was so so easy it was not even it was not even funny and I'm so glad that that they, they've learned the lesson of being that flexible with uh with lending and yeah I don't even know down. that's funny I haven't talked about the 80 20 loan for a while I don't even know if those exist but that was pretty common you'd get the you'd, you get the the first lender who is the safest right they come in at 80 percent LTV um and then a second lender comes in for <laughs> the final 20 percent I mean that's that's risky, but it was pretty a pretty common loan. I, do you know if that even exists today? Um, only eighty ten. I've seen eighty ten tenths. So you'll put ten percent of your money down, okay. and there is a second. Uh, so, and not every lender will do that. Yeah. Um, so okay. They. I, I think everyone is kind of learning their lesson and just being very cautious. Today, sure. Which is yeah. Awesome. Nobody wants to come in second at a hundred percent LCV. No way. No way. I, I don't think anybody should do that today. And if you are, you missed that whole sub yeah. subprime crash. Yeah. So, you know, and then, um, you know, as, as I mentioned, uh, Craig and Arlene Turner, which, you know, are, are big, huge, uh, you know, uh, fans of real wealth and, and you and Rich, um, he's, I don't know how he found you, but he, he listens to a lot of talks and he somehow came across you, but Meanwhile, this was happening. I'm transitioning more to real estate, and I was helping him find 
properties in Stockton. This is where he's oh, from. Yes. And so we're looking at duplexes. And you know, Kathy, if I if I had it in me to to just pull the trigger, we were looking at duplexes for two hundred thousand below two hundred. I mean, I would have just yeah. even less them. than that. Yeah. Yes. And so. Anyway, they, they did need some work. And um, one day after months of, uh, of working together, I think he came across you. And, and uh, that's when he, we stopped looking. And uh, a couple months later, he and I touched base. He said, well, this is what I'm doing. So then he tells me all about you. And then I get some information myself. And I was like, as soon as I as soon as I got the information, I connected with a few of your affiliates and that was it. That was it. <laughs> Amazing. That was so it. you ended up, on, where did you end up buying? I bought in Ohio and Indianapolis. In okay. fact, I, I actually had a couple of rentals here in California and, uh, and then I 1031 exchanged out of those to buy the, the five. I think it was five of them. Wow. I, how have yeah. those properties done? Because it sounds like you uh, well, went in pretty so, early. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it was, it was pretty early, but uh, I know for a fact, the Indianapolis, when I sold them, they had already appreciated. Mm-hmm. So I, I really like um, that market for its, you know, appreciation. Um, and then the Ohio, I still have all of them today, mm-hmm. all of them today. And then I ventured off into um, Michigan and I'm also now in uh, Alabama, and then uh, Texas is my my most recent uh, purchase. Oh my goodness! Yeah. It's it, do you find it difficult to purchase today when you were purchasing property when it was a lot cheaper a few years ago? Um, you know, no, no, because it's uh. I think that what's what's the, what's hard is the availability of the properties. I think the inventory is, you know, posts every week of what's available. And if you don't respond to her on Sunday, come Monday, you know, she's like, I'm sorry, that one's already taken. <laughs> it's gone. Yeah. Yeah. And that's pretty much yeah. the case across the country. Yes, for sure. And but you know during during this time of just experiencing these um, these assets, I um, you know I was I was doing other things. I'm I'm attending you know a lot of the Tony Robbins events, and I think you know he he really propels the meaning of unleash the power within. I don't know if you've ever attended any of his events. Sorry about that noise. I have but, not. Uh, Can you believe it? Of all the events that you attend, Rahwi Kiyosaki and <laughs> and so many personal development. Uh, Rich has read all of his books and and watched most of his tapes. We just haven't been to a live event, and I I've heard it's it's something you've got to see at least once. I think to do the UPW, I think you will just I don't un- unlock even more. I wouldn't be surprised if you go well. We're going to do something more with, you know, real wealth. And then a couple of years down the road, I'm going to see this, you know, in ginormous change within you. Because that's mm-hmm. kind of what um, what he had done. And it isn't anything that, and in fact, it, you know, it could be the words and how if, you're, if you stay open, 
you will be receptive to receiving mm -hmm. them. And, you know, and you look at the possibilities, well, of if they can do it, you know, I don't see why I couldn't do it. And mm -hmm. so uh, just from that, that thought, I journal a lot, you know, and uh, I was like, well, why don't I just put this in a, in a book? And so that's kind of how that transpired. And after two years, you know, two and a half years, you know, you find your editor, your, your publisher, and then everything just starts coming together. And you're like, wow, this is really happening, you know? <laughs> It, it takes so much self-discipline. My husband's writing a book right now. And, you know, if you go too many days without writing it, it just, you get rusty. So he's very good about doing a little bit every day, keeping it fresh. Um, I, I'm more the person that I, you know, lock me up in a cabin somewhere for a week and that's all I'm going to do. <laughs> Otherwise I get distracted, but either way, it takes a lot. Um, so yeah. good for you. Yeah. But you're absolutely right. There are, you know, this my little uh, uh, office here and uh, the daily distractions. And, and I also have a, a baby that I'm, I'm a guardian of. And so oh, when yeah. I get him uh, a couple, he's out there, I had to close the door so he can't interrupt us. But um, uh, I had him when, since he was five days old. Oh. And uh, thankfully, you know, to his... Um, uh, to his well-being, his parents um, have passed all the programs and uh, are able to were able to take him back. But we all connected, and they allowed us to continue, you know, having him a couple times a week. Oh, and so it's just been it's just been what awesome. A, what a beautiful story! Oh my <laughs> goodness, that's a dream of mine. Yeah, well, you know, in 2018, I just decided to like fill out the application again. You know, is is mm. it possible? I mean, I have friends up the street um, uh, from where I live, and they're like, "Well, we went through this program, and we just fill out the application. You know, they'll look in your house. You know, your house becomes uh, open to to them, so they could check you out and make sure they're you know you're clean and everything, and that the mm -hmm. home that the baby has a has a secure home." And I just decided to do it. It took about a year and a half. And, and finally, I got the call, the right call. And we picked up the baby on uh, New Year's Eve, uh, 2019, December. Is it foster care, a foster care program or a different yeah, one? Yeah, foster, oh. foster to adopt. You know, obviously, mm -hmm. my intention was to adopt. But uh, I think, uh, you know, that that isn't the calling uh, for me right now where, mm -hmm. you know, since I have him, um, and he isn't going to be mine full time. At least we get this shared love. That's beautiful. That's yeah. Good. So, wow. So what are the big lessons you've learned from, uh, both being a mortgage broker, being a real estate agent and being an investor? Yeah. So as, as a mortgage broker, I, I think it was, you know, although I, I enjoyed the interactions over the phone, I think being outside and really connecting and seeing people uh, face to face is is more what I love. I enjoy, and also love looking at the homes. I think I'd be, I um, um, I became really passionate about like what goes into a home. These mm. four walls, the kind of roof that you have, and the terminology within them. You know, you you can get 
now I can look at a roof and go, oh, that's composition shingles or that, you know. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> those, yeah. are, those are wood shakes or that's a metal roof, you know, tiles. And, and you know, you, you, you gain more experience really just by, by being there. And mm-hmm. this is where I learned being um, behind the desk and on the phone only that the relationship that they have that our clients have buyers or sellers with a realtor tends to be more of a of a connection and more um more honest because you actually see them versus talking to them on the Mm -hmm. phone you know so um i think that's that's what i realized that i really like being out in the open more Mm -hmm. and then as an investor i one of the things that i I had um, learned from the Wealth Mastery program was you take the money that you earn and you don't just invest it in 401k or stock market where these are like, you know, you don't know what's going to happen. Take it and invest in real estate. And that's kind of, you know, these tangible four walls that, 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 that you give tenants an opportunity of of renting it you know we're what we're providing are homes for people you know so i think that that is very meaningful you know as as uh, landlords as investors of these um residential homes um and and i think that the investors should feel proud of of owning these homes because you know you're you're really putting um, people in, in those homes, you know, today I'm, I'm driving around the freeway and I, and I see people, you know, it saddens me to see them living in tents, you know, on, on the side of the road. And it's just, you know, it's, it's, it's hard it's to live. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, that's always been my, uh, passion is knowing that we're able to go into these neighborhoods, fix up homes, make them very comfortable, very livable and affordable, for families who tend to stay for quite a long time because because we care so much our our renovation uh standards are so high these these homes aren't just for making money they do make money but they're also like you said they're providing homes for people and the better the home the longer they stay absolutely you know and and as i gain more wisdom over the years that's that's kind of you know the uh really the the heartwarming a thought process behind it is it isn't just a business transaction you know you're really providing something um, uh, memorable for for these people you see how they decorate the walls and mm. kids are there and you know I remember being a tenant you know also mm. and and it's it's really just um, I don't know it was it was is a good uh, reflection on on why we do what we do, and so yeah, yeah, we've all. I mean, most of us have been tenants. I I remember when I was a struggling twenty something year old, and I was renting this house in in um, Rockridge, Oakland. Oh yeah, I was a single mom, had a, you know a baby, and I had the sweetest landlord. And, you know, there were times that I was a few days late, and he would you know he'd be okay with that, and sometimes even wave the the late fee, of course, you know, he was just managing it himself. Uh, but it was, it was my home and it's where I raised my little girls where I met rich. And so, um, you know, you can, just like any business owner, you can be a good one or a, not a good one. 
But when you're a good one, it can make the a world of difference. We have a tenant in Pennsylvania who loves our house there so much. They're really trying to find a way to buy it. And we're really going to try to make that possible, maybe wow. through seller financing wow. or, you know, helping them uh, just knowing you can live here until you're ready to do that. We're not going to kick you out. So yeah, you, you can, you can definitely make a difference in this industry. That's right. That's right. And uh, that's, that's exactly what um, I aim to do. You know, my, my goal is to hopefully get 50 units. That's, <laughs> that's, that's my goal. And then, you know, I can fund my financial freedom mm -hmm. and then kind of, you know, do real estate uh, as I want to, you know, not have to, you know, uh, and then kind of transition from working in real estate to being more an entrepreneurship in, in real estate investing. So that's, yeah, so, that's been my question. So as a, um, someone with the experience in, in mortgages, and I don't know if you have the answer to this question, but how do you get to 50 units from a financing perspective? Yeah. So, um, you know, through your, uh, your website, it's, it's just full of information and just asking questions, your team, you guys have just been, you know, pretty awesome um, in giving advice and just uh, pointing us in the right directions. I, um, uh, uh, we know that Fannie Mae doesn't allow more than 10 uh, properties finance. Now you can buy maximum four units within, and, and they would call that one property. Right. So I could actually fulfill my bucket quicker if all I bought were four units. Right. Because then that would be wait a four times four times 10. That's already 40 units. Right. So but um, but because I have a I have a mixture of residential single family homes, duplexes and one triplex, um, the the plan would be to start paying down the, and paying off the smaller amounts so that they would be free and clear. And then I could then use um, the other savings to, to go and buy some more. So it is a plan because I don't have the funds to go out and buy you know those properties outright. But um, another portal that I'm using is the uh, self-directed IRA. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm trying to, to leverage from there where you put maybe, you know, half the half the down payment and the IRA lender would would finance the rest. So that's that's another one. I haven't approached the lender yet with like seller financing, but that might be that might be a, something that I'd look into. Wonderful. Well, a final question. How are some of the ways that you're living real wealth? And by that, I mean, living life on your own terms, the way you want to with the people you want to do it with. Yeah, I, I think that that is the, the, the ultimate goal. And, and by that, I'll give you an example. Um, I'm going to be 50 in December of, uh, of this year. And Prior to this, you know, years ago, I was wondering, um, you know, we, we posed these questions with with my family, like, oh, for your 40th birthday, where are we going to go? So we do something, you know, nice. We go to we go to um, Costa Rica. We go to, you know, 
uh, Italy, we go to, you know, Europe, we go to um, uh, South America. And, and during this, uh, this, this questioning, um, I'm like, well, my 50th birthday is coming up. And, and what is it that I would like to do? And, and one of them is, is I'm, I'm actually getting ready to go to uh, Kilimanjaro. To, so we're going to go to Africa uh, to do the uh, safari. And, um, and then I'm going to summit Kilimanjaro. Mm, wonderful. And so, you know, in, you know, it isn't just, it's a 19,000, you know, 19,500 at least. And so you have to prepare yourself for this kind of exotic adventure, right? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's, there's a lot of preparation to it, but um, I think it's going to be, you know, worthwhile in the end, but that I think, you know, just, just saying yes to a lot of a lot of things without boundaries, you know, mm -hmm. to be able to do the things that you want when you want. I think that's the most important um, factor, and to give when you want without look having to look at your your checkbook and say, mm, how, how, "What's what's my balance like? I don't know if I can contribute that." Or mm -hmm. when you buy something, you're not looking at the price tag; you just go out and buy it. You know, I think. That would be, you know, kind of my um, my unlimited, you know, financial freedom. There is is really just the the ability to give, to do, to have, and and be wherever we can, you know, without having any limitations. That that would be my my goal. Well, wonderful. Well, uh, any final tips for our listeners who are um, just starting out investing or uh, thinking about buying their next house or selling? <laughs> yes, or selling, right? So I, I think that, um, you know, there, there's going to be a lot of reservations and there's so much information out there too uh, that, that you can find. But you, you can't get bogged down in, in information. You know, number one, I, I'd say go out and, and read, read, read a book, read a couple books, read. Uh, and, and once you get the information, really, the best thing to do is just just take action. You don't really know what you can afford until you go out and, and find out, mm -hmm. you know, otherwise everything is just a, an idea, a wish, you know, um, mm -hmm. uh, but un, until you take action, it's, it's just a thought. Yeah. Great advice. All right. Well, thank you so much for being here on the real well show. I, I do hope I get to see you in person sometime soon at a live event. We'll see. I'm looking forward to it. I, I, I enjoy those so much. Oh, I, I look forward to uh, doing that again. Maybe we'll do it somewhere exotic. Like, I don't know. Puerto Rico. How about that? No, I'm there. <laughs> I just heard, you know, from I interviewed Peter Schiff and he said home prices have doubled in the last few months there. So maybe not the best uh, investment opportunity now, but who knows? Maybe they'll double again. Anyway, <laughs> I think they will. I actually think they will in Florida. We're still getting them so cheap there. Yeah. 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 Thank you so much. Kathy. All right. Thank you so much. And good luck with your, with your book. And thank you for joining us here at The Real Well Show. If you want to invest in properties in some of the fastest growing parts of the U.S., but where properties are still pretty cheap, relatively speaking, and uh, the rents cover the expenses and some extra, which we call cash flow, well, you can just go to realwellshow.com and sign up there. It's free. Then you can get an investment counselor to help you come up with your 
investing plan. Thank you so much again for joining us here on The Real Wealth Show, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to realwealthshow.com.